All right, guys. Season three, episode three. I am here with the man, the myth, the legend, social media guru, Frank Ciccioni. Um, we've got we're here today in this amazing bar, which I've seen the before and after photos, which I am actually gonna get Pete to put in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think because it is a bit like, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, what you've done with the place, I love it. I wish there was cool stuff like this on the Gold Coast. <laughs> But, mate, thank you so much for joining us. Right, thank you, mate. Thank um, you. There you go. It's unbelievable to have you here. Um, somebody who I kind of feel I've known for a long time because of the social media. Social media. <laughs> uh, but first time meeting, which is superb. Um, so, yeah, mate, tell us about yourself. Tell us oh. about when you first started, where you were brought up. Oh, wow. Have you got, got plenty of you time. Got time right? <laughs> That's so perfect. So That's perfect. perfect. Uh, but thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. I saw a few of your podcasts and they're yeah, really cool, mate. So, um, oh man, where do I start? I, um, uh, basically grew up in Melbourne. Um, and, um, I wasn't planning to be a hairdresser or a barber at all. Um, I was into computers. I loved computers. And, uh, being an 80s kid at a Commodore Amiga 500 and I used to hack into computer games and try and, Write my name different, different. I my nickname was Highlander at the time from the movie Highlander. Yeah. So I used to like hack computer games and you know learn to. But the thing that. is with computer games, I was shit at maths. I failed maths year seven, year eight, year nine, year ten. Then couldn't do year eleven, year twelve because I couldn't do it. Like you know, so all my friends, I used to teach them how to use the computer, and they all became computer programmers, earning shit loads of money now. And um, yeah, so if you told me at sixteen that I was going to be a hairdresser, I would have probably kicked the shit out of you. I yeah, said, no, well, no way. No way. Me, a hairdresser, no way, man. Like, I'm going to, you know. Anyway, so I just started, um, finished year 12, and I loved retail. So I was working in retail from 13 to 15, 16, 17, worked in Maya, worked in clothing stores just part-time and whatnot, pushing trolleys, worked in a butcher store. Uh, my old man had a bakery, so I used to, like, make bread. So I had a lot of little jobs and saved it, just saved and, you know, my parents' Italian background, so work ethic was like just, you know, there was no university, no school, like, you're going to get a job. Yeah, as soon as, yeah. 100%. So I stayed to year 12, finished year 12, passed my year 12, but I didn't get enough to go into uni. Yeah. Um, and at that time, there was no extra courses to get into uni. There was no tape courses. There was no side courses. Yeah. There was uni or work. So I got a job in retail, and I loved retail. Loved, and I think that's where my fashion and my creative side came in was, I just loved dressing up guys and... Guys will come in and what not know yeah. um, what to wear, and I'll be putting their clothes together. And mm-hmm. you know, you go on a date, you go on, you know, yeah. for the boys' night out and whatever. Let's stretch up so you can, you know, you can, you can get late tonight. You know, let's yeah. fine. Let's help you out, like you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, so basically loved all that, and, and it was a sh- it was a shit wage, yeah. but I loved it, and I could have seen myself doing retail, selling clothes the rest of my life. I just loved it, and but it was probably one of the worst wages at that time. This is in yeah. like mid nineties, early nineties. Yeah. Then um, I still worked in retail, but I always wanted to open up a computer store. Cool. So I always had a sense I wanted to open up something. I wanted to have a computer store and just sell computer games yeah. and video games. That's all I wanted to do because I just I loved I just all my whole life was all computer games. Sony's Sony uh, PS One, PS Two, like all the way through to my PS Five now, and 
um, still played my old retro games. Um, and then, yeah, then I met my missus, well, early 90s, and she was a hairdresser. Yep. And so she worked in hair and worked for other people, and she actually ended up managing the Maya salons in Melbourne. So Maya actually had hairdressing salons then, mm-hmm. and she managed the stores. And um, then we both worked in the same, same shopping centre, and then um, she wanted to open up her own salon. I still wanted to open up a computer store, yep. but would have, there was no way. It wasn't going to happen. Um, but she went up her own salon. So we looked around, and um, this was in 1996, so September 96. She saw a little ad, and it's it was McLeod, and she never knew where McLeod was. Yeah. McLeod's a very small suburb in Melbourne here. Yeah. You've got Greensboro, and you've got Ivanhoe, and you've got Preston, Thornbury. Everyone knows that McLeod was a little little suburb behind the Trobe University, yeah. if that's demographic, where we are um, logistic-wise. And, um, yeah, so I just said to her, like, do you have anyone from your Maya salons? That around this area, she goes, I actually got one lady and her daughter that live in the cloud that come to me. So I go, you know what? Let's buy this business and let's base a whole business around this one family. That is crazy. So we bought the business and there was a goodwill and it was a small little salon um, three doors down from here. And it was called McLeod Hair Studio. That salon's been around for 30 years. But the clientele was an elderly clientele. Um, When we opened up the salon, we bought off, um, her name was Agatha. Um, it was greenery. It was just like just things growing everywhere. It looked like a greenhouse. And when we got the key and we bought the business, um, we remember we were waving to the lady. She drove off and she was crying and the owner and she drove off and, and then Helen said, well, she turns a corner. Tell me when she turns a corner. As soon as she turned the corner, we just ripped all the green. Ripped the greenery out like, you know, like at that time, like, yeah, no, nothing green. We just, we weren't green. Like now this day and age is different. You'll yeah, get killed to say that, yeah. But there was like nothing green. So, yeah, we started and all I remember is when we bought the business, we went to the bank manager and we signed away and I was all cocky signing with the um, the pen and the contract and he put his hand on my hand and he said, I, ne- I didn't understand the, the dynamics of remortgaging your house. Yeah. We were 23 when we got married, so we were very young. And he said, he put his hand, he goes, you know, if you lose your house, so if you lose your business, you lose your house. I shit myself. Mm. I was like, what have I done? 23 years old. Yeah. I'm in debt. I'm going to lose my house. I'm not even, I've only been in my house for three months because we got married in September. In September 96, we got married. October 96, we bought the business. Wow. Yeah. So we basically put our balls on the line. That's um, lovely yeah. We, well, we didn't go on a honeymoon, go on long, going forward a few years. Um, our, our first holiday was in 2017. We've never shit. been on... Yeah, but we'll go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> we'll just go back. Um, yeah, so we remortgaged the house, opened up our business, and we were shitting bricks every day, yeah. um, pacing. I remember I was smoking at the time and just, you know, and we used to work every night until midnight every night. For a minimum of two and a half, three years, we did over 80 hours a week. On a Saturday night, our friends would come and get their hair done, would drink in our salon, yeah. and we would work, and then we'll wait for Goodbye to them, and they'll go out, and we'll still be doing hair till midnight. Um, all I remember was our friends would have parties and dinners, and we couldn't afford to go out to meet up with them. So we would either go there and share a pizza, yeah. or we'd go there for coffee and cake because yeah, we, we worked and we couldn't afford it. Yeah. So we just head down, bum up for three and a half years. I would say like a horse with blinkers. We just didn't look beyond. We just looked straight. And we did it, and we, and we built a business, and we, we hired our first staff member in 97, 
Jocelyn, who's got her own salon now in Mildura. Um, I think it's Mildura, she, I hope she's going to kill me when she says this. Yeah, better. I think, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's our first member. And then from that, just a snowball effect. You had about, up until 99, about four staff. Yeah. And it was a little small salon um, over there. So then we were looking at a building. And this used to be a second-hand bookshop. And there was a gentleman named Smiley that um, he was an ex-army guy and he owned the building and he came in for a haircut one day and I was having an argument with my landlord because they wouldn't, the heater shit itself and it was in winter yep. and I remember because the FA Cup was on, it was the yeah. same time <laughs> and I, I, I remember it was cold and I was in May, May 20-something, FA Cup's on the same time and I remember was they wouldn't let me touch the heater because I had a landlord. And the guy, the landlord said, don't you touch it, we'll get you one. And I said, well, it's cold now. Yeah. I've got old ladies at the time. Yeah. Um, and so at that time, Smiley came in and said he's going to sell his second-hand bookshop, the building, yeah. the whole building. I'm like, at that time, the mortgage rates and the rental rates were very much the same. Yeah. So we could afford to buy the building as instead of paying rent. And we gave him an offer, and he goes, yep. That sounds feasible. I never knew what the fucking word feasible meant. Okay? Never knew what feasible meant. F yeah. f f f how do you spell it? Yeah. Like P-H. No, so it was F-E-A. Is it P-H? And then I, I, there was no Google then. There was yeah. no mobile phones to Google search. So I went to the newsagent down the road looking for a dictionary. And there was no dictionary in the newsagent. Then I came in the secondhand bookshop. So see, if you had a thesaurus or a dictionary, you had nothing in the second-hand bookshop. All right, fucking what bookshop is this? So then I rang Helen's old man. He used to work for the education department, and I got through him because he had no mobile phone. I go, what does feasible mean? He goes, feasible mean it can't happen, most likely. Yeah. I go, okay. Yeah. And I, I said to my missus, when I die, on my tombstone, I want feasible. feasible. Under cheers, I want feasible. Right. Feasible, feasible cheers. <laughs> That word has haunted me for days and days. Anyway, so when about a couple of days later, he said, yep, let's do it. So we bought the building. Wow. And our lease was up, was coming up, our three-year lease. We did a three-by-three-by-three. Yeah. Our three-year lease was coming up in eight weeks. So we had to sign the contract to renew it or move in here. We had eight weeks to move in. Wow. So Helen's dad was pretty cool. Like He helped, he was a builder as well, like, and so he helped us a lot with yeah. the building side. And we just moved. We put everything on trolleys, on wheels, and moved it down the road. And, yeah, so 99, um, October 99, we moved here and we caught it. We renamed it to Hair by Chicone, yeah. which was hard because having a business, McLeod Hair Show, 30 years in McLeod, it was hard to change the name. But we moved it. So that's how we um, we created Hair by Chicone. So um, then we moved to the building. How cool that was, was that to go from you can't afford – to go out for a meal yeah, hands. Yeah, to buy a building. Three years. Well, 27, 26, 27, buy the building. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. That um, was actually wild. And that yeah. was 2000. And that's, yeah, then, then everything was, everything happened. Every year something happened to yeah. us. Um, 2000, there was an award. It was the Fox FM radio station, and it had Melbourne's Best Hairdresser. Yeah. So one of my staff members, I think it was Fiona, one of the girls, said, um, I wish we'd enter it. So you actually just rang and said, yep, we want to put ourselves up. <laughs> so we nominated ourselves, but then they put it out there on, on the website. So there was no, there was no social media. Yeah. It was a website. Yeah. And they announced it for a weeks in advance saying, we're going to announce the winner on this date. Ring through. Give us your nominations. Um, 
and we'll be sending out our mystery shoppers. So we didn't know this. So a mystery yeah. shopper came, got their hair done. Yep. A mystery phone call came and got their um, did the phone call thing. Yep. And then it was voting, customer voting. And then they did, that's how they did the voting. And and we won in in June June twenty, I think it was in two thousand. We won Melbourne's best hairdressing salon. How good is that? And that was from voting from your peers. Mystery shopper, I think so I was like, okay, all right, this is our, that was our first major award. Um, I wonder if Marco changed that to uh, phone calls. Of the, <laughs> <laughs> the phone call awards. Uh, I can imagine Linda doing, trying to organise all that. She'll lose her shit. Like, no, nah, too bad, no, not no, doing no, it. No, no. Uh, yeah, so that was our first major award, and, and the, they, they came and they had the trucks out the front, and they did a live show from here at 4 p.m. the day we won. And... We had about 500 people at the front and all our customers and, you know, we got food delivered yeah. and pizzas delivered and we just had a big – and then Helen was getting interviewed on the radio live on Fox FM and that was the main radio station at the time. So that put us on the map. Yeah. Put us on the map. And then um, from that, we just – that was 2000. So, like, you know, our our daughter Isabella was born in 2003 and, and you know, then having a, a child running a business was hard. Yeah. That was hard raising, like you know. So that was uh, kudos to Alan for doing that. She, she, she juggled all that. That was she was a machine in just doing that. And um, then in 2003, we uh, we started um, doing awards. Helen, Helen won a well, backtrack. Helen as a student, she actually won the Australian College Hedris of the Year Award oh, wow. in 1990. Yeah. Um, so she won the student award of the, of that year. Then go forward. That was our first award, and then um. We started entering. We got a, a L'Oreal Color Trophy Award. Um, I can't remember what, what, who who we entered. It was one of the models that we did, and um, and then from that we started entering. There was the local business awards. So it was a local council business awards yep. we entered. Um, and we looked, there were a lot of hairdressing awards. There was a lot of um, we just at that time we we didn't want to go through. Let's. Let's be rock stars in front of other hairdressers. Yeah. I think when we won that Fox FM Community Award, I felt like it, it was for our customers. Yeah. And we wanted to show our customers how good we are. We didn't want to show hairdressers how good we are without detrimental to hairdressers. Oh, that's very we wanted to show our people and our crowds and, and potential clients look at us. Because when you win a hair, okay, and, then, and right, we, we've entered these awards and we love these awards. When you win these hairdresser a year awards, the first people to hear about it is your peers. Yeah. But then, yeah, your clients might hear about it, but that's about it. Yeah. No one else really knows. But when it's a community award against other businesses, so not just other hairdressing awards. So we started winning the local business awards and entering business awards. Again, that was they came and they did mystery shoppers and they saw you, interviewed you. They had judges. It wasn't about just a photographic haircut. You know, you can do the best haircut. You can be do the best haircut of all time, the best photo. But if you're not as good as a business, it doesn't work. Yeah. I don't understand how it works. But so they they actually had um the the business leader awards. It was called, and that their business leader awards was um the leader newspaper, which basically there was each each region had about probably I don't know seven or eight suburbs in each region. Yeah. There was probably about a thousand businesses that entered, and then you had your category. So 
um, best hair and beauty business. So there's probably about 200 salons that yep. were nominated and entered. And we won a few of those um, from 2003 to 2010. Um, and then it, you also win an overall business award, which competes against other businesses. So not just hairdressing, yep. other logistics and factories and big companies and small companies. And we won that as well um, a year. And then because of winning those awards, we started getting bigger and bigger in our area. So it wasn't about being the best in Melbourne. Absolutely. Or the best in Victoria. Yeah. It was being at the end of the day, how many how many customers do you want? Absolutely. How greedy do you want to be? Yeah. Like and there are a lot of greedy sellers out there that, that try and take the glory. It's like good luck to you, have the yeah. glory. It's about being in our region. So and then because social media was starting and the the world was getting smaller, it wasn't about just your close McLeod suburb, it was its surrounding areas. Yeah. So because we started winning all these awards and then what happened was we got inducted in the Hall of Fame in this side of town. So we won, we got inducted. Well, you know, you can't win that. You get inducted in the Hall of Fame and then that gets posted everywhere and it's in the print media. Yeah. It's on your little social media. But at that time, there wasn't much and, you know, you put posters in your window and whatnot. So then we got bigger and bigger in our side of town. So, and I was never interested in being, trying to compete against other people in Melbourne. And yeah. we could have done it. And don't know if we succeed or not. We could have tried it, but we did, didn't want that. Um, so in the 2000s, um, yeah, we, we, a few awards came our way, and then our, our salon got bigger and bigger, and we actually ended up opening up a day spa upstairs. Yep. Um, so at one stage, we ended up hitting 18 staff. Um, yeah, it was – Try. it's not glamorous at all. No. It wasn't cool at all. Yeah. It sounds amazing, yeah. but imagine if you've got eight. 18 staff and you need to spend at least 10 minutes per staff member a day. Yep. That was three hours of just talking to staff yeah, members exactly. a day. It just didn't work. It was the hardest thing in business, running a business, is the staff. Mm. Um, no matter how amazing they are, it's just kind of um, interacting with staff and just make sure in their well-beings and this day and age, the well-being is more important than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so we hit about 18 staff and – then um, our, other, our other daughter, Neil, was born in 2006. So we've got two kids under the age of three, running a business, 18 staff. It was hard. Yeah. Um, and then, so that was pre, so there's pre-social media. Yeah. That was our life pre-social media. And it was fantastic. Um, it was great. And then um, hit the 2009, 2010 mark. So in, oh, backtrack in 2002, Helen decided, I don't know why, and she's not normal like me. She decided we – so we wanted to bring out shampoos, conditioners, hair pack, hair not hairstyling, just hair care. So we find a company and we drive like an hour drive to this chemical company to make our products and all hair. We did research. I had my envelope, my folders and photos and everything. We're driving and Helen's putting her lipstick on and she was just bitching and moaning about this lipstick like, don't know, like, you know, anyway. Then we get to the company, we sit down, I'm ready, and like, you know, I was wearing a shirt and tie, I'm like, you never catch me in a shirt and tie unless I'm going to a function. <laughs> and like, shall I be all business with manila folders? Yeah. I'll go, and I was going to say, we're going to, we want to do a hair care range. Helen just jumps in, she puts her hand on my hand, she goes, I want to create a cosmetics range. I look at her, and they start talking, I see the coffee machine and the Herald Sun, the newspaper. I get up, I sit over there, and I make myself a coffee, and they start talking away. I didn't even get involved. Wow. And so we created a lipstick range called Chicone Cosmetics, a semi-matte lipstick, just lipsticks only, Australian-made, 
We didn't want any overseas range. So from 2002 onwards, we then we the hair expos. Yeah. At that time, it was with um, the other company who uh, read exhibitions. Yeah. We we just had stands at hair and beauty expos and wow. on the side. So we had to the hardest part leaving the salon was we had to let the girls try and run the salon, yeah. which was always hard. Yeah. And then we had these little hair expos going and. So by 2008, 2009, we had about 80 salons, hair and beauty salons that stocked Chicone wow. lipsticks. Wow. Um, and, but in the, that time, we tried to get into Maya as yes. well. Yeah. It was hard. Mm. There was proposals. Every year we got knocked back. Knocked back. Every year we sent a proposal. Yeah. They didn't want Australian made products. They didn't want Italian branding yeah. Chicone. Yeah. They didn't want, so every year, then in 2000 and, not ten. We actually set up. A, we set up an office near Myers head office, and we we're paying a couple hundred dollars a week just to go there on a Monday to yeah. sit there. If the phone rang, we'll say we'll come now. That's actually a true story. That is amazing. That is a true story. We set up two computers and yeah. we set up our lipsticks in there. Our opening orders in case Myers said yes. Yeah. All our proposals, everything ready. A, a, a laptop ready, just sitting there on charge yeah. with a PowerPoint presentation. If they said yes, come down and see us. We said we're actually yeah. down the road, yeah. and it so happened. Good. And the phone rang, and a lady lives Liz Webster who used to run the Maya Maya department in, in the cosmetic side. She actually rang the CFO and said, "Can you guys these, try these guys out? They've been trying for nine years, blah blah blah." And so we met the CFO and we had a meeting, and he they wanted us to make a quarter of a million dollars worth of lipstick. To give to them, but we had to pay for it. And we're at this board meeting, and we had the face of our lipsticks at the time. We had a lady named Amber Renee who was a on a TV show, and she was a model. Yeah. We had a PR lady, and and a Sophie Camilleri, her name was, and she was trying to get us out there. And we had this meeting, and we sat in the boardroom in front of the CFO, Bernie Books, the CEO, the big boss was there, and they said we want to. And Howard said, "Sorry, I'm not going to lose my family and my house." Yeah. To make two hundred fifty thousand dollars lipstick, which you're not going to pay up front. She got up. We were looking at her. The model was about to cry because she wasn't going to be. She was seeing herself being in Maya posters everywhere. The PR lady was going to was freaking out because she was like, "I've got a Maya contract." I was freaking out because I wanted to be the rock star in Maya, like you know. And it's you know. And Helen was the brains and she, the business person. She got up. She goes, "No," and she walked out. This, and they actually chased her out and said, no, 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 let's, has it start again? Yeah, well. 2010, um, I, I heard Slash was coming to Melbourne. Um, so mind you, before that, I was looking after some football players. So, uh, so I go back into, to 1999, I sponsored a Carlton football player. Yep. It was a, called a player sponsorship and it was a few grand, like, it was expensive, but it was a few grand I didn't have. But yeah. I was paying it off installments. Yeah. I remember didn't have the money to do it because I'm, I'm a Carlton football a fan as well. Yeah. So we started following, a, a, doing a sponsorship. So every year there was a different sponsor every year. So I started looking after the Carlton footballers for a lot, but there was no social media. No one knew about it besides when they walked in and yeah. the client saw it because you yeah. couldn't talk about it. Yeah. You know, we we couldn't put it on on, on the internet. There was nothing there. Like so. Then 2010, I um I heard Slash was coming to Melbourne to launch a new album. But MT on Foxtel, MTV Classic Channel was being launched. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to reach out to MTV and just see um, if you know, they need something done 
hair was because I had all these staff. Awesome. Why not? They want to be part of something. Like we won these awards and they were in the, you know, they love being part of the awards after parties, whatever. You know, that was great. Yes. But I wanted to get them more into this stuff. So, um, I, so this is a true story, which I, yeah, we, I found that a few years later. So I rang MTV and I spoke to a lady and I said, look, my name's Frank from Small Salon in Melbourne. Um, and I heard Slash is coming down. I know you guys are doing something in Melbourne. If you need, because they're from Sydney, MTV, yes. yep. head offices in Sydney. If you need some hairdressers in Melbourne, we're happy to offer our services. Let us know. Yeah. Um, the lady goes, hold on one second. I'll put you through to upstairs. So I put me through to upstairs. Yeah. Then I get a call a week later, um, and this is a, another funny true story. My, my daughter was probably about five years old. It was a Friday afternoon, and we were playing hide-and-seek in my house. Yeah. And all I remember was I hid in the laundry, and I closed the door, put the light off, and I was hiding from my daughter. She's like, Dad, Dad. My phone rings and I answer it and I'm there whispering. Yeah. <laughs> and some lady, is that 5.30, some lady rings and she goes, oh, it's so-and-so from MTV. So I'm like, oh, hey, how you going? She goes, oh, is it a good time to talk? Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all good. And then my daughter, <laughs> my daughter hears me, she's banging on my door and I'm trying to be professional. It's like, babe, open the door, I found you. Like, can you just hold on one second? Like, and I, at that time, I worked out how to use mute in the bloody phone. Yeah. Like, um, okay, yeah, okay, so you're like, yep, yeah, you found me, well, I'm like, hi, how you going? Like, you know, she goes, oh, you're in the meeting, yeah, I just walked out of the meeting, yeah, all good now. So she goes, um, so and so, I say, look, next week on Tuesday, this is like just before the whole thing, so I just forgot about it. Yeah. She goes, you are able to look after Slash um, and um, Entourage and, and all the artists who are coming. I go, artists? She goes, yeah, Vanessa Amorossi, um, wow. um, Wolf Mother, um, Andrew Stockdale from Wolf Mother. Um, there was Molly Meldrum, the few, like, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I I just, because I'm a big Slash fan. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, like, this is actually happening. So I said, yep, no problem. I hang up, and I was just screaming. Like, no, my daughter was like, what, what are you, she yeah, had no idea. Yeah. My wife was actually out with my other daughter. I think they were, at, they were shopping, grocery shopping or something. So then, yeah, so that Tuesday, um, we went and um, looked after Slash. Um, had to get the credentials, had to, like, and... It was the first time we've done celebrities at back of house, but this is the first time I was in a hotel room type thing. So yeah. they set us up in a hotel room where to work out of a hotel room, and we had Miss Universe, Erin McNaught come, and Slash, and all these guys, and and they gave us the hotel room to stay for the three days. Yeah. How long I we didn't want to use it. We didn't want to abuse the system. Yeah. We were nervous, but we didn't. We wanted to be professional. We're like, no, like we don't want them. So we didn't use it. We didn't tell anyone. We just yeah. didn't use it. And on the third, fourth or the third day when we finished, the MTV lady rings us and said, did you guys use the room? And the, the I go, oh, why is that? She goes, oh, she goes, because you guys must be the cleanest people ever. Yeah. She goes, because the, the lady said that you guys were so clean. I go, look, I go, I want to tell you something. She goes, we worked out of there for the hair. Yeah. I said, but we didn't use the room. She goes, it was your room. I go, look, I go, then that was the the final, no, the second last night, she goes, can you please use the room tonight? It, you ha- we'll feel better because, like, yeah. you've done all this week, blah, blah, blah. So, now, this wasn't a paid gig. I didn't even know how to work at rates or anything. I just yeah. didn't know. But because they gave us the room, I'm like, I'm not going to charge him. Absolutely. They gave us this room. They gave us this food. They've given these celebrities. I've gotten all these photos. I didn't get it. This is what I've learned about why I'm big on photos and fo- uh, selfies and whatever. 
someone went to take a photo of Slash and I, my battery went flat. This is on the last night. It took me four days to have the courage to ask for a photo. I was yeah, shitting myself. 100%. So I didn't get a photo of Slash. Yeah. And that's when I learned I'm getting a photo of everyone. Mm. I'm not scared and I'm going to do it. As soon as I do the hair, yeah. I'm getting a photo. So I learned how to grow a set of balls about that, which, you know, it's, it's a tri- it's a, in a professional way. Well, I'm very interested to see. In a professional way. Because I'm not, yeah, yeah, and that's it. And in a yeah. professional way where they're really, really happy and you know when it's the right time to ask for it. Yeah. Not when they're having an argument with their manager yeah. or they're hungry, they're tired or they're shitty. You've got to work around it. And sometimes you just don't ask because it's not the right time. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to work out when and how. We'll get to that if you want to ask about that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we did Slash and then the lady, I met the two ladies now. I think we had a conversation off camera before. The two producers, at that point, I, I learned there and then we did their hair. And those two producers were so thankful and they couldn't believe that we did because no one did that before. Yeah. And they couldn't believe it. And that's when I learned and realized, okay. There is more important as a celebrity. Yeah. So I knew I took note that day. My wife was the one who actually was on. Yeah, we're doing the events people. Every time we did an event from then on until this day, we always do the events people. Yeah. We find spots somewhere, or we bring just an extra hairdresser yeah. just for them. Yeah. And sometimes the hairdresser is like, "Oh, you're doing the celebrities, and I'm doing." Okay, trust me, you're doing the right people. Okay. You're doing the rock stars. Yeah. They're not the rock stars. The most important person in this room isn't the celebrity; it's that person there. Yeah. To this day, we, we do that. Um, and, yeah, so these two people, um, uh, from then on, um, they got us on board. And then that's when um, one lady went and worked for, um, still working for MTV, and then another, another lady did the Aria Awards. Yeah. So then she rang and said, we'd like to do the Aria Awards. And then we went and did Back of House, and we looked after Sia, and we bought we bought a whole bunch of hairdressers with us. Yeah. The most expensive trip ever, ever, but we yeah, paid yeah. for, we paid for, and until this day, we've paid for all our staff's flights, accommodation, everything, food, yeah, awesome. and we took them up and they get to experience with us and we tried so much to involve everyone. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to choose hairdressers, so we've always tried to give everyone a go. Yeah. Um, then there's, there's, look, unfortunately, there's always some staff members where you know you can't bring with you. Unfortunately, because you just, you know that they're designed to work in a salon. They're not designed for. There's some people who just don't will get flustered. 100%. Either get flustered or start taking selfies of the artist, and you just, that's life. And you know, and some art, some hairdressers understand that. Yeah. Some hairdressers usually go, "Frank, I don't want to. I don't want to know." Yeah. I'll you. I'll leave you in the salon. You go. Exactly. Which is good that you got people like that as well. 100%. Um, and then um, basically, yeah. So that happened. But the funny story was if going back when I rang the MTV. Or slash. Yeah. Being at the right place at the right time, this is how it happened. The lady who answered the phone was the producer. She actually was covering the girl who was busting out of the toilet. Sliding doors. Crazy. Yeah. So she goes, Frank, she goes, you were talking so much shit when you rang. (laughs) She actually goes, you were talking so much shit when you rang that I was yeah. curious to see what what you were going to yeah. say. I'll put you through to my own office. A good laugh. I still get chills and stuff. Yeah. Imagine, she went up. That girl, she goes, because that girl wouldn't have put you through. She would have just taken your name and number. Yeah, that's what it's That saying, girl wouldn't yeah. have put me through. She goes, oh, she goes, that girl would have taken your name and number and put it in the pile with everyone else. 
I would have been in that pile, which is a snowball effect, and this goes back to burning bridges, because if because we did right by them by the first time, they gave us the areas, Mm. and then they gave us MTV Snow Jam in 2011, which was in Melbourne, which I met this kid named Gary Beadle and Charlotte Crosby. They just did a pilot show, not a a show, of Geordie Shaw, and they came, and MTV was, it was going to be launched on MTV that week. So they came to Melbourne. So I did Gaz's hair and Charlotte's hair. And we're still friends. We, I, we still talk to each other. We still, they've been to my house for dinners. Um, they've, Gaz taught my, one of my daughters how to swim, how to dive in Queensland, because we caught up with them in Queensland for a holiday. And they're beautiful, beautiful people. What you see on, on, in their TV life and going to bars and clubs, yeah. they're, they're, they put on a show. Yeah, exactly. But they're normal people. Well, funny, right? I cut the girl who was on Geordie Shore with them from Australia, Krista. Oh, yes, and yes. Because they're, they're not in Queensland. They're yeah. not, yes. Yeah, so she's the same thing. She says exactly the same. She goes, what's on TV? Nothing. Yeah. And look, I've, I, I, when they're actually managed they were managed by Shane from Stage Addiction. Not anymore now. Um, I think Charlotte still, but they looked after all of them. And they had no one in Melbourne. When they were doing the tours in Melbourne, I was basically chaperoning them. Yeah, wow. So Shane reached out and, and I said, look, I'll be happy to. Yeah. So I had to take them to all the nightclubs. What a shame, huh? Look, <laughs> married and kids, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, like if you were a single bloke, take yeah. out the clubs. You had the time of your life. Yeah. I just sat in the corner with an espresso, or or they didn't make coffee, an espresso martini, to stay away because I was fucking tired. And these guys will go club to club and I'll drive them. And they're in the cars partying and they'll have girls in the back of my car and screaming and yelling and having fun. And I was like, oh, I'd go to Macca's drive-thru and eat another coffee and I'll sit in the car and sleep while they did the tour in the club. I'd yeah. sleep in the car for two hours. Then I'd like, hey. Then there's a whole bunch of new girls coming into the car. Yeah, that yeah. I'm like, I can't do this. So, but beautiful people. Yeah. Um, and they, every time they came to Melbourne, um, they would make an effort to come to the salon. Yeah. And they'll come here and they'll, customers will be like, you know, yeah. and they'll tweet. To, this is at the time when Twitter was around. Yeah. 2009, 2010, 11 it was. They're 2010, 11. And they would tweet that they're in here. And, and then people would come here to try and find them. They're in the window. And, but um, this is a true story where, the heart of gold Gaz had and still has. We did a meet and greet here. Now, Gaz was getting paid very well yeah. at meet and greets, you know. And there was a meet and greet here that he wanted to do, that we did. And, and so we did, he was up here. We had a media wall. Yeah. You bought a Chicote lipstick or a Smasher, and then you come up and meet Gaz. How good is that? And the sales of all that would go straight to him. Yeah. And, and it was a fair bit. It yeah. was a lot of money. And we made it, and we paid him. So and, good. and he gave it back to me. Oh, my, we were crying because yeah. we, we were like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Here," yeah. and he gave it back to us, and 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 we, you know, he waived the fee. So good, you know. And his manager Kay, who his English manager was, goes, "Mate, he goes, there's no way, guys, because I was, there's no way, yeah. nah. Like this is this is as a thank you for everything you've done. Yeah. You've fed us. You've we've slept in your house. We, you know, you've taken us around everywhere. So, yeah. So then from Scott, Marty, all." Oh, right through all the years, up until probably a couple of years ago. Then it stopped. I talked to the lads still, but 
Um, not as much. Yeah. Um, and um, Helen got really got on really well with Vicky Patterson. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, we used to take you know, take her to dinners and stuff. And my kids, my kids, hey guys, hey, like, I know, it's her, wild, her, their friends <laughs> were like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Oh, yeah, they they like." There'll be a, friends will be messaging my teenage at the time she was teenage, but they are like my nineteen year old, she's like eleven or twelve. Yeah. And yeah, there'll be a post about, you know, they're at my house and they're like, Oh, well, can we come like yeah. you know? They're like, Oh, it's it's Uncle Gaz. Like it's Uncle uh, it's Aunt, yeah, it's Auntie yeah. Charlotte. Like it's like what? So yeah, so it was pretty cool. So we did a lot of that with them and and then it's the snowball effect was that like Arias and all these all these celebrities, it's a small world. Mm. And they all know each other. Yeah. So, because someone would post about me, then friends of friends and a footballer from England or whatever, that would start. Then from AFL players I looked after and, and, and then um, uh, there was a, a, an AFL player, Bryce Gibbs, a Carlton player yep. who was a gun player, beautiful man, um, and Jordan Russell, um, who I sponsored for about eight years, a player sponsorship. We ended up opening up a clothing store together called Touche Clothing. Yep. Um, we had that for a few years. Um, and that was fantastic. So, because you know, them, them life after football, they were yeah, to do things after football. Yeah. But and that went for a few years. But then, because they had a lot going on in the, like signing contracts and moving clubs, it was hard to run this business with them. And and so um, that slowly died down. But we did a lot. We sold a lot. And it was fantastic. Could have been a business. Could have lasted for a long time. Yeah. And um, that was great. And then during the two, the teens, uh, 2014, 15, 16, um, you know, I had yeah. Um, a friend of mine, Nick Geishin, who was a manager, an AFL manager, he had a friend from TLA, and I said to Nick, uh, no, I, Nick said, oh, you know, you can look after your soccer place. I said, look, you know, if you know one of the managers, let me know. And he reached yeah. out and said, hey, I've got a guy you love. Um, and then Juventus came to Melbourne. I looked after Dybala and, you know, I, all the, I was like, and oh, I, starstruck. I don't get starstruck, but these guys came in and um, I, you know, when I did the hair, I was all professional. And then, yeah. I just closed the toilet because I did have the bathroom in the hotel room. Then I said, oh, I've got to go to the toilet. Like, you know, because I spoke Italian, it was pretty yeah. cool, it was easy. I just got to go to the toilet quickly. I closed the door and, oh my God, I was like washing my face and, you know, flushed the toilet. Then I went to the toilet. I was like, fuck, this is actually happening. Yeah, I know. And then, open the door again. Yeah. Come on, boys. Uh, Come on. Yeah. yeah, I've got things to do. Hurry up, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, then, um, yes, yeah, so I looked after you there. I looked after, um, in Melbourne, um, some Tottenham boys. I'm a Tottenham supporter. Yeah. Don't tell you, you hold that against me. Yeah, I'm still waiting for a trophy all these years. Uh, but I'm, but I'm an OG Tottenham yeah, from the days, from the days of, um, uh, from the late 70s, from, um, Glenn Hoddle, Chris Waddle, Ozzy Ardillas to yeah. Lindica, Gascoigne. They're my Tottenham boys. Yeah, so a few FA Cups here and there. Um, but yeah, so they have a couple of Tottenham boys. And then in Sydney, um, I flew to Sydney and I got to meet a few of the, Players again through Lou Sticker, who's a, a big player in the Australian football industry. Um, and they, I went up there and looked after a couple of players. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've, I've looked after a few, few big high profile players and, you know, just, you know, from Killini, Buffon, Pirlo, just, it's been amazing. It's been, it's been fantastic life. But, um, the whole social media side, and this is where the light bulb thing happened with me in 2010, going back when we did the ARI Awards. Yeah. Facebook just started. I probably had about 20 friends. At the time, was followers, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we did the areas. I was posting, oh, Helen just did Sia. Um, I've just looked after NXS, um, Powderfinger, um, just a lot of big people. Like, 
they're about to come on stage now. So I was just posting as they were yeah. going on stage. Thought nothing of it. Saw one like, three likes, whatever. Then um, I was cutting hair, actually, up here. Yeah. And two dads came, um, two mates who were dads, and one was sitting there, one was sitting here, and the guy here goes, Wow, Frank, last week, man, he goes, you were in our lounge room floor last week. I go, what? He goes, man, he goes, our two daughters were sitting there watching the Arias and telling us what you were doing live. How cool is that? As he said that, I just, bang, the idea. Facebook's the way. Mm. Pre-Facebook, there's a bit of Twitter, but not much. Instagram wasn't big. But before that, it was in the local newspaper or in the yellow pages so in the local newspaper, now with all the stuff that I that we did in that two thousands, yeah. a three by a three by three ad centimeter centimeter yeah. was two hundred fifty dollars a month, and two hundred fifty dollars in two thousand dollars I made is yeah, equivalent 100%. to about five six hundred bucks now. Yeah. That's what it was. How can you put everything in that? Like you put your name in it. Correct. Oh. So yeah, so when that happened, that's when I realised okay, Facebook's the way. Yeah, and then. From Facebook and a bit of Twitter. Twitter, I didn't really get big on um, because in Australia, Twitter wasn't big compared to America. Yeah. So when I in, on Twitter, if you see, like, I would just, I've got smash it. Are you? It is a smash. It, I can't remember what it is. Um, that's more talking to people overseas. So gays and all them was more conversation with them. Yeah. But Australia didn't really do much. Um, but then Facebook was like massive. Yeah. Um, so from 2010 until now um, was just and think about it, the people who are on Facebook. Now, which are probably they're in their, if they're in their thirties now, Facebook was the TikTok of the day. One hundred percent. So, so we're targeting the kids, but then, so that's yeah. So Facebook just was my thing, and Facebook was I was on. And everyone knows I'm on Facebook twenty four seven. Yeah. But people say to me, which I get confused when they say this to me, Frank man. Every time I'm on Facebook, you're always on Facebook. I'm like, think about what you just said then. (laughs) Every time I'm on Facebook, you're on Facebook. So you're as long as much as me. And then what I'll say is I had one lady, she was sitting here, and she was like, oh, you know, you're always on Facebook, Frank. How do you do it? Then I look at her because at the time I was getting my patience. As you get older, your patience. I go, all right. I go, look. Look through those these two holes here. Mm. Look downstairs. And the cellar was full. Yeah. I go, I do what I do for downstairs. 100%. If I did what I did and there was nothing here, then I'm an idiot. Um, that's why. So Facebook is my yellow pages. Yeah. Um, and I, then I said to her, if you don't, like my missus killed me when I said this to her because it's all about customer service. Yeah. I said, and if you don't, if, if you don't like the channel, change the channel. Yeah. If you don't like the show, change the channel. Scroll. 100%. Get off. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it, move on. It's okay. You don't have to like everything on social media. <laughs> you know? Um, yes, yeah, so anyway, so I learned a lot with social media and that's where, um, the Facebook thing happened and then, we then, in 2013, we launched the product, a styling product, which I haven't really pushed it much in the barbering, hairdressing industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, my biggest client was Hair by Chikoni. So Smash It's biggest client is Hair by Chikoni. Yeah. Till this day, still is. I sell a lot through Hair by Chikoni. Hair by Chikoni sells a lot. Yeah. I didn't want to be that. Um, we got into a, a store called Petra Hair Care. Um, amazing company. Um, but, and this is a big, big but, they weren't big on their social media. Yeah. Now, they took on – they had 12 stores around Melbourne, and for me, I didn't have reps. I couldn't afford reps. 12 stores meant that's 12 reps for me. Exactly. 
and all major shopping centers. So that's why I signed back to them and they took it. And it was great. It was doing well, selling well, but they weren't growing themselves. And I said to their, their logistic layer, I said, you've got to get the big boss and get them on board with mm. social media. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, like, I was a bit upset because it wasn't growing for me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so then they just closed their doors. And one by one, their doors were closing. And, and so then I was losing an account. And I didn't really have many. I didn't want to do the barbershop no, thing. Exactly. Um, then we went, then online came. So at the same time the online really happened in 2014, 15, we stopped selling in Maya. Because another thing with Maya, the problem was, Maya was amazing. I cannot, Maya was fantastic. Yeah. You know, but you, when you were in Maya and you had to stand in Maya, you had to actually go there and look after yourself. Maya staff would look after it. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to fly around Australia to look after our own stands. So it was becoming an expensive yeah. habit. But we were in Maya, so it was a give or take. Um, so then, yeah, so um, we we then realised that the online was getting bigger and bigger, so we then cut out Maya. Yep. It was a big decision. They were, it was not dying down, but it was slowing down, but then we weren't pushing for them to reorder, and that's how you try and get out of a, a brand is either they stop selling or they order dribs and drabs or you just don't communicate as much. Yeah. And just let it die down, and and then it felt like a mutual thing where we just stopped ordering, stopped selling, communicating. They stopped ordering, then they just moved on to somewhere else. So it was a good good walk away, which was good. So we didn't burn bridges again. It was all about not burning bridges. Then at the same time, we'll sell lipsticks online, um, and the profit margin was bigger for us. And then smashing, we started selling it online, and smashing it online. It's been till this day. Actually, this what are we now? Yeah, so April, it's ten years. Yeah, wow. I'll smash it. It's a one product. Um, I designed Smash It for our own, my own selfish reasons to use on my clientele, but, and I'm not taken away from any brands, there's a lot of brands out there that have designed for curly hair, for straight hair, for dry hair, for wet hair, for too much. Yeah. And we were selling these brands, and, and the problem was, Guys were coming in and buying the wrong product. So we educated the guys, but sometimes they'll buy this one instead and, and then they'll come back, oh man, I bought the wrong product. So we're swapping over and it's like, man, I had all this product left over because they were using the wrong ones. And so then my missus and I took us almost three years and it was costing us probably about a thousand bucks, a thousand bucks a pop to go to the chem, chem, chemical company, Australian made, yeah. to make one smash it sample. Probably did about 10. Mm. And so it costs us a lot of money to make it. Once we got it right, um, it was now it's designed. I believe it's one of the best around. Yep. I try to jump around. I um yeah. So basically, looked after celebrities and stuff, and um yeah. Basically, we went we went on a on a honeymoon twenty something years later with the family to America. Yeah. Um and that again, I sent a message to someone who was looking after artists for the Emmy Awards. Mm. And when we were in New, in LA, land just landed, I get a phone call from a guy and it says Miami on it. And the gentleman's name is um, Vincent DePaul and he's, we don't know him, yeah. but in America people know him because he, he won a couple of Emmys and he was on a, like a TV show um, called The Bay, it was called. And... Um, he then, because he won a couple of minutes, became like a lifetime member or something. And so he rang and said, oh, can you do my hair for the Emmy Awards? So then I actually, 
we had no, I had my hair stuff with me, yeah. but I didn't have any key wanted a colour. Oh wow. Yeah, so the missus was gonna colour it. Helen goes, I'm on holidays, I'm not doing any hair. I go, Helen. I go, we're the fucking doing this. I'm cutting your colouring. I go, come on. So then we go to that the hotel where the Emmys are and we walk through the back we have to get credentials to walk through the Emmys to go to his hotel room to do his cut and colour. But I told him, I go, look, I'll go, I'm going to have my two, my 12-year-old and 9-year-old daughter with me. He goes, no problem, come here, bring them up. I go, you know, well, yeah, I told them that before. But we have to go to Walmart to find colours and stuff. We have to, find, we have to go find the colours, the wraps, aprons, everything. We had, I just had hair, hair cutting stuff. Yeah. So then we go upstairs to the, catch a lift upstairs and, and he's got this spread of food for my kids. So he's done some research. He goes, oh, I saw yeah. you got two daughters. So everything was like pink and like, you know. So this, this legend just did, did, yeah. did research and had breakfast ready for my kids. Unbelievable. Yeah, and had champagne for us. It's like a 9.30 in the morning, 10 o'clock. I drank it. I popped it. It was like a, some, it was like a, uh, um, a Dom Perignon, like, and yeah, and then he had a friend, a lady that we, we just, and his best friend was there, and she was like his guest, and we did her hair as well. And she wasn't part of the plan, but her, her name was Elizabeth, her name, her name is, and yeah, so we did her hair as well, and she was wrapped, and he was wrapped, and he was like, thank you, and you know, and, and that wasn't a pay gig. Yeah. That was just, you know, we did hair, and he goes, he goes, okay, he goes, so how can we prove that you're at the Emmy Awards? I'm like, he goes, all right. He goes, go downstairs, get your red carpet photos, come back up. Then he goes, here's my ticket, take a photo of my ticket. Yeah. He goes, here's a smasher. I'm like, take, I'll hold the smasher for you. Um, there's video footage of him talking about the haircut. Yeah. Hi, I'm here with Mr. Chicone and, you know, Chicone and, and Mr. Stuff. Yeah. So he, and then I found out like, oh, it was nuts. The amount of money he got paid to endorse all the products there. I think he was getting about five to 10 grand per endorsement while he was there. So us going there and doing that, yeah. A, it was great for us, but then the endorsements, we didn't, he, he was like, yeah, so Smash It was at the Emmys. Hair by Chicone was at the Emmys. Like, so we, we married each other with that, that you know, um, that, um, you know, was it co, co-branding? Yeah. Like it was just ridiculous. So we got that. And then there's a photo of me with the Emmy Awards. You know, and then I, then he goes, mate, he goes, you know, he goes, you can use the Emmy logo. I go, what do you mean? He goes, cause I, I'm a member of the Emmy Awards. He goes, I mean, you're allowed to. So I went and got the logo and yeah, smash it. And yeah. he goes, he goes, I'm on the committee. He goes, I'm, right. I'm there. He goes, I'm, you're doing my hair for the Emmy Awards. You're allowed to use my imagery. He goes, the Emmy imagery today of, of me and yeah. of the Emmy Awards with my name attached to it, use it. Oh, good stuff. And that's priceless because he goes and just he goes just credit the photographer, which I did. Yeah. He goes just use it. So yeah, so it was fantastic. Um. So yeah, so we've done a lot, but the social media side I learned a lot, you know, and and just you've got to be you just got to learn how to involve people around you who you can, mm. and the staff have always been involved. Yeah. It's been harder post COVID, um, but pre COVID, yeah. So um, no. Yeah. I'm just trying to work out what else I can tell you. <laughs> There's a lot. Mate, I know one thing which people will say, and I only just found this out, obviously, seeing on your Facebook, about the health. The health. Like, oh, yes, the health. That's actually incredible. So, so I think that is a good thing to yes. speak about now. Yeah, so. Um, so I had a heart attack in January this year, um, and I actually had COVID at the same time. Um, so 
there's a funny story. So all my mates, there's a couple of dads in my street, and you know we always hang out and we take the piss out of each other, a bit of banter and social yep. and our pages, right. and and yeah, they were all copped to COVID, and you know they're like dying in man flu, and you know oh, you know whatever. I had COVID on the Monday, no symptoms yeah. like this. It's like fuck. So I was wrapped. I was excited. I was going to have seven days off because it was a seven-day quarantine yeah, in my bedroom. Yeah. Thank God my bedroom's got a bit of a balcony and a nice ensuite, so it's not a small bedroom. So yeah. it's a nice size bedroom, so you can live in there, like you know. So I grabbed my PlayStation. Yeah. I grabbed my coffee machine and a bottle of scotch and I, my headphones, and I went upstairs. And I took a photo on the balcony with the with the bottle of scotch, the headphones, and my controller. Yeah. And I went like that to my mates. <laughs> I go, see you later. I, um, yeah, I'll see you guys in seven days. They're like, you're an yeah. asshole. How can you not be sick? You know. Then the next day, I wake up at five thirty in the morning, and it's going to sound a bit gory, but I um I had the runs. I'm like, oh shit, it must this scotch foam threw me last all yeah. this. But then I thought, oh, then I threw up. And I thought, fuck this COVID. I go, shit, man. These these guys are going to take the piss out yeah. of me. I've almost shit my pants and I've thrown up. I'm gonna I'm gonna um you know they're gonna like laugh like yeah. you know. Does it feel so? I I told I called the missus. She came to the room. I go, man. You go, she goes, you know, I was a bit dizzy, as if I drank a bottle of scotch. Yeah. That's how dizzy I was. I'm like room spinning. Then I called my missus, and I was waiting for her. It was like I was waiting for her. Then when I saw her, then as soon as I saw her, I fainted. It was like I was waiting for her to walk in until I could pass out. Oh, yeah. Then I just passed out. Then I, I threw up, and I woke up. And then I'm like, my missus like rang the ambulance and straight away she goes, look, you know, there's something wrong with him. Blah blah blah. I thought I was I've got COVID. Yeah. These are COVID symptoms. Then she said when when they came, they said, Look, could be having heart there could be something to do with heart, whatever. They go, We'll be there in twenty minutes. Now, I was on a balcony upstairs and I thought, by the time they get here in twenty minutes and they bring a bed upstairs and scratch my walls at the same time, yeah. right? I'm hundred and six kilos at that time. Yeah. That's gonna be twenty minutes um gone. Like, I'm, I'm going to fucking die. Like, yeah. you know. So I walked downstairs and waited on the letterbox for them. They're yelling at me. I love how you were thinking about the walls. Yeah, no. Like think of the walls. Think the fucking wog. Fucking. <laughs> my walls. You just scratch my fucking walls. Yeah. Anyway, so I sit in the letterbox. It's true. It's actually a true story. My missus is like, you're an idiot. I sat I sat in the letterbox waiting for him. My missus was like, just crying. And then the ambulance came. Then I never knew. There's another ambulance called a mica ambulance. There's an ambulance. A mica ambulance is one of those where... Everything's in there to resuscitate you. Okay. Now, I didn't know this until after. Yeah. So anyway, I'll, they're like, oh, we're not going to go in this ambulance. Gonna, I'll go, yeah, I'll just, I'll just walk to the ambulance because I'm, like, I'm not going to go in the bed. Fucking don't worry. By the time, you know, let's get in the ambulance. I must have been not all there because I – my missus is crying. My poor missus. Like, she's fucking going through hell and back. I said to her, take a photo of me going in the ambulance. Because I was, I just thought, if this is going to be my last photo, I was going to, I did this. Oh, that was going to be my last photo. I think because I took a photo with my mates, I did that. Maybe I was delirious. Yeah. I just remembered. Yeah. And she didn't. She goes, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. you know, you're a dickhead. So I, I couldn't remember saying that until after when I, when I was like, all right. She's like, yeah, okay, bullshit, did I? Okay, did you take it? She goes, no, you fucking idiot. I go, at my funeral, the big screen. <laughs> Everyone would have laughed. Go, yeah, that's Frank. Yeah, that's Frank. So, um, so then I realised they came in. They actually put a stent in my arm. Now I could see the cap, the my heart in like a three D thing happening there, yeah. and the camera and all this went in there. The doctors, I'm laying down. They're talking about 
what time's lunch, what time they're teeing off. Like, like you and I will be talking about a haircut, yeah. you know. They're like, they're, they're, you know, and then they came there like this. And I'm like, so what it was was, let's say this is the whole artery. I don't the camera. So that, yeah. these are the three arteries. My middle artery was 70% blocked. So blood was pumping through, but yeah. not going through this one. Now, all I can see was this, like, this picture of the heart, like these three arteries going out and whatever. They put the stent. Now, stent is this balloon thing that opens up the artery. Yeah. Then they leave it in there. So it's in there for good. When they did that, I was like, just like, you know, tired, whatever. And it was going boom, boom. And then when they put the stent, they opened it up. And all you see on the TV screen, because they put this blue stuff in my veins. Yeah. And you see all my capillaries and everything. I didn't realize these capillaries weren't working either because of the artery. Yeah. Boom, boom. Like, I, I actually went <gasps> like yeah. that. I, I, this energy, I've still got it since. This yeah. hasn't gone. And I'm trying to explain to someone now, more the young, the young ones would understand, but the older crowd. Remember the movie Pulp Fiction? Yeah. They put the adrenaline in the girl, the chick's heart, and she jumped. That's what I, I went through. And I've still got the adrenaline until this day. I've, I've, I've lost 100, well, so 106 kilos, 106.5. I'm now 92. I got down to 90, so I ended up losing about 16 and a half kilos. So I've lost about 15 to 16 kilos, um, changed my ways. But, and I look at the camera when we say this, when you're almost dead or you're told 20 minutes of dying, now zero fucks given, basically. Not in a bad way. If someone says, man, I don't like my haircut, let's see how we can help you. Yeah. Very rarely that happens. But let's see if I can help you. If I can't help you, here's your money back. Yeah. Enjoy your life. All the best, yeah. I know my mate, there's a guy down the road, he can help. Yeah. Go and ask for Michael and he'll help you. Yeah. You know, if that's the case. Um, staff, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not enjoying myself, blah, blah, blah. Let's see how we can help you. Yeah. No, still not happy. Look, here's your reference. You yeah. tell me where you want to go. If you want to go somewhere else, I'll ring them and tell them yeah, how so. amazing you are. Yeah. So it's not zero fucks given, but I don't want to know. It's just... It's not going to change my life in any way or form now. Yeah. Um, and the we've always tried to help people even before we look. That's a problem with Helen and I when we get burnt by people. It's we're just too nice. Mm. Um, mine changed my ways. Yeah. Ever, I will never change my ways. Now we're more. What's the word? Just trying to help people more. Yeah. Um, if we can. Um, just you know, but unfortunately, you need. A life-threatening situation and like, you know, life, lifestyle you've had years yeah. ago and whatnot. Um, you know, you need, need something, a kick up the ass to appreciate life. Mm. So hopefully all these barbers out there understand that barbering is a career. Yeah. And you can make the most of it, but learn that at 18, not at 35, 40 or 50. Absolutely. If that Absolutely. makes sense. In, in America, um, in LA, at six o'clock, we were leaving to come back home. There was a beautiful steakhouse upstairs, and um, we went up and had some steak. And there was a lady, this beautiful, beautiful lady. Uh, um, she looked after four tables, waitress, and she looked after our table. Her job was to look after only these four tables. It was yeah. a big venue, but there was like ten or twelve different people yeah. looking after all the tables. Yeah. But then the next job from there was looking after 12 tables. Then after that, you were an area manager from a certain part of the floor. Then, so her, she was, her ambition was to be that area manager. 
She go and I said, oh, so what do you do? She goes, I'm because I'm a waitress. Yeah. Happily. Yeah. Not I'm a waitress. Mm. What do you want? I'm a waitress. And I, I go, that's true. I go, good on you. And like you know, and when we heard the positivity, because we're positive, our kids are positive. Exactly. We want, we didn't want to leave that. We were there for four hours. Yeah. Just told me, she goes, yeah. She goes, I'm a waitress and I'm in charge. I go, she goes, I, I was just, I was running the back of the kitchen, and now I got promoted to running these four tables. She goes, and and hopefully in a year I can have the twelve tables. Yeah. That was her ambition, and it's like she she inspired us when we got back home. She put a firecracker up my ass because she inspired us because we took everything for granted. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, so I'd love to, I've got to search her on the social because we started following her. I've got, yeah. I've got to find her again. Like this was five years ago, six years ago. And she, her aim in a year's time was to be the floor, not the, in two years, was to be the area manager of that floor. Yeah. This restaurant was massive. And she'd got a, a daughter, raising a daughter, and she was working on tips. You know, so with the barbering side, and a lot, and and this is why I created the Barbers Australia page on Facebook, and now it's on Instagram. Because a friend of mine, Michael Rossi, who owns Northern Barbershop, and this guy, we both did our apprenticeship at the same time. Um, when he opened up, when we uh, did our thing, he opened up. Opened up he now he's got two shops, Northern Barbershop, um, with his partner Vinny, and he reached out to me and said about. You know, I'm trying to find barbers and I can't find any. Then I looked into it and there's so many hairdressing Facebook pages and there's no barbering pages. And I was like, what do you mean there's no Like, there wasn't much around. So I thought, let's create one for Australian barbers. Look, we've got a couple. I've got a couple of friends who are Irish barbers. Um, Craig McKenna, who's got a, a barbershop in Ireland, he's a member, and a couple of overseas yeah. members. But, yeah, let's do a barbers of Australia. We can help each other. Um. And then it was like, you know, so, yeah, so we got Papa's invited and then there was a guy, um, actually this is a perfect thing of a collaboration. Is it Trevor? Trevor from, he's going to kill me. Sorry, I've got, I've got to, I've got to, no, no, I've got to plug in because, and there's a big reason, Trevor, I think it's Trevor Smith from Inkta. Okay. So Trevor Smith from Incredible Experience Tattoo Studio. Um, I think he's in New South Wales. He then reached out to me, became a member of the Barbers Australia. He designed the logo, that yeah. Barber's logo. Yeah. He designed it. And he go, hey, man, because my, my my logo was shocking. That one that I did was so shit. So he goes, like, you know, I'm a, she's a tattooist. I'm a barber. Yeah. Um, can I do that for you? I'm like, that's, as soon as I saw that, I go, okay, this is working already. Yeah, I know. It was yeah. just us two collaborating. Him yeah. doing a Barber's logo for the Barber's Australia. That was it. And then, you know, the stable effect and, and, and um, you know, there was Don from South Australia started reaching out to me and then there was um, Ian and then you yeah. and then we just started, everyone just started, you know, then um, Maka Baba, um, you know, um, reached out with the, the award thing that I won, like he reached out with that and then, you know, he did a write-up of that and then I was like, yeah. well, let's collaborate with Maka Baba and, you know, Linda from Maka Hair and then all well, that happened and Snowball Effect, like, yeah. And that's now we've got. An, I, I believe we've got it's a small community so far, a little community. Yeah. That it can have Maka Barber in there. It can have Barber Academy in there. It can have um, uh, Ian's um, area, area, area Academy, academy and yeah. you know, it can have the Barbery, the craft. We're not we're not competing against no, each other. We've got our own little regions. We don't have to be greedy. We don't have to be. And this is what I say about the, especially the hairdressing industry is so shit with. Look at me, I'm the best in Melbourne. It's like, who cares? Yeah. You're the best in what? 
Like, exactly. because you've submitted a photo, and this is going to ruffle feathers, you've submitted a photo that it's an amazing photo, it's been touched up with by an amazing photographer. What about the haircut itself? You know? And it's great for our peers, and it gives our kids, the kids a chance to look up to someone. Yeah. But don't forget your clients. Don't forget promoting a business in your own area, your little suburb. Absolutely. McLeod is my suburb, and at the end of the day, I still help these businesses yeah, in the exactly. street. And I, well, you see, like with the bar, I've got the, we, you know, we've got a bar menu. I don't have a kitchen in this building. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got the chicken shop. He's made up a little tapas menu. Then there's a pizza shop. He's made up a little pizza menu. That's so you cool. order online. Yeah. They bring it down. And you know, we all support and bounce off each other. Yeah. Now barber shops, like you know, we can bounce off each other. Now you know, like I've got this smashing product that I will start this year pushing it a bit more. Mm. I don't know how far I want to go personally, but. Michael Rossi from Northern Barber, he's one of the first guys that um, stopped in his barbershop because he was using, um, I don't know, not Mark. No, he wasn't. He was using a brand, I can't remember the brand, um, Uppercut. Yeah. Big collaboration Uppercut. And look, you know, Uppercut, if they saw him doing this little thing, like, hang on, but you're using Uppercut. Like, yes. no, don't be greedy. He's using, you're the sole supplier of, of him, but he's having a made out. Exactly. Let it go. And, yeah. you know, they did. They haven't seen anything. And he sells a bit of smashing here and there. Not a lot, but enough. You know, and he'll say, yeah, it's my mate Chica. Yeah, exactly, you know? Yeah. And then I'll do a little post saying, yeah, Rossi, he's, you know, just little things like that. Like, so so it's just little collaborations. Um, but that's what we're working on massively this year. Like, that's yeah. why I was so glad we could get this podcast Correct. early. I reckon let, let's talk about what's kind of your future plans for yourself, not only the businesses, yourself, because obviously we've heard about your health yeah. story and everything. So, yeah, what's your kind yeah. of... Look, I I reckon I'll be cutting hair for a long time. Yeah. Not a lot of hair. Um, a couple of days a week I'd love to do one day. Um, the bar yeah. um, as well. Um, but the bar, I want it to be where it's um, it runs itself, yeah. where the boys can come in, they can run it, I don't have to be here. Um, I'd look, you know, I'd want to just pop in and bring in some guests and VIPs and whatever and run it that way, not worrying about doing all that stuff. Um, so, yes, yeah, so at the moment I've got, look, well, the salon is actually over the train tracks. Yeah. My house is over the train tracks, you know. Um, so, yeah, so the plan for me is just to be in the cloud. Um, Pre-COVID, I was at an, an event every second day. Yeah. I was going somewhere. I was invited everywhere. I've I, I lived a good life. You know, the social side and, you know, it's networking. Yeah. Um, I still love doing the little side things. So I just, I did, um, what's it, the Taylor Fritz on Saturday, looked after Taylor Fritz and a few of the other boys. Um, and like, I still love to do that on the sides. Um, and, you know, that's basically it really. But also, um, I think the Barbers Australia page, I want to grow that a bit yeah, bigger. Absolutely. Not for my own selfish reasons, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm the type where, and I'm probably going to be the probably only. I am the only person. I being not. I've got five million followers. I'm not verified. Nothing, but I a lot of companies years ago. Look, I was an ambassador for Fiat. You know, yep. I drove Fiat's around. Um, Anders, um, you know, did some stuff with Anders a while ago. Um, watch companies. Um, Polish Man Ambassador, which is big, close to me. It's more like just violence against children, you know, you know, stopping violence against kids and women and stuff. So I do the Polish Man Ambassador every year, which, you know, I, you know, more more for the kids because kids can't protect themselves. Adults can say something, kids can't say much. So, 
you know, that's why I'm big on that. So, you know, protecting kids is pretty big for me. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not big on trying to bounce off my social media and get, and get freebies. Um, oh, sorry, it's, it's the missus. Hey? Oh, sorry, I better answer that one. Definitely answer that one. It's a big boss. Sorry, guys. Hello. Hey, Dals. Okay. Should be ready at 4.15. Done. All right. I've been told. 4.15. All right. Bye. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I'm not big where a lot of people who become bigger and bigger on social media get a lot of shit for free. Mm. I'm old school. I pay my own way. Yeah. I'll buy my ticket. Look, if, if the ticket comes and they say, hey, do you want to come to this event, you know, in return, whatever, yeah, it's fine. But... I, I'm not, I don't want freebies. I don't want free product. I don't want, I, like, I'm doing this barbers page for barbers to help barbers out. Um, not just barbers, the bosses. Yeah. Um, the bosses are getting left behind. Yeah. There's a lot of, we'll talk about that, like, there's a lot of what's in it for me. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, fuck the boss, he's loaded. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I'm entitled. Mm. I'm, I'm owed. Um, I'll, I'll say this one thing to everyone who leaves. If you leave, and I look at cameras, I'm serious. <laughs> when you leave your job, don't burn your bridges and don't be a prick about it. And just be nice to your bosses and appreciate and say thank you to them. Because in the, the day, we say thank you to you all the time and we pay you. <laughs> that's another way of saying thank you to you. Um, I know it sounds arrogant, but that's, sure. that's, you get paid. You do the job. I, 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 I had a staff member years ago, and I, this is a true story. This is probably the only one I'll say where my smash it arrived here. It was a couple of thousand products came yep. through. One of my staff members, she unpacked all my boxes and she put away. I walked in at midday, and I, even before she said hello to me, she goes, I did you a favor today. Mm. Okay, sorry? She goes, I did you a favor today. I go, well, I, I was so confused. I just walked in. Yeah. Uh, she, was, she, she was shitty. I don't know. And my missus happened to hear her and my missus just ate her alive. She goes, I beg your pardon. You got paid for four hours to put stock away. You didn't do anyone a favor. You're, you got paid. So we got to understand, like, this is a, and my missus never talks like that. But I think because this girl didn't say hello to me. Yeah. First, out of respect. And then, you know, hey, look what I did for you. Look at, yeah, look, and thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so, so unfortunately, this day and age, it goes both ways. And it's not about the employee all the time. Mm. People got to understand what employers, and I'm not so talking about business employers, product employers, um, education employers, mm. the, the repercussions you have if something goes wrong as an educator. Yeah. Insurance wise, if something goes wrong, um, if something goes wrong, you know, with a, with a customer or staff member, injury-wise repercussions, mental health, there's a lot weighing more against the employer than the employee. Yeah. That's it. So, so I do fight the faithful employers, but not like, oh, we are the bosses, you're not like that. No. It's you, employers need to just understand that it goes both ways. Yeah, absolutely. And a thank you goes both ways. Mm. And hey, you know what? I'm worth the extra 15 minutes today. Um, don't worry about paying me those extra 15 minutes because I went for two smokos and I was having a coffee and I was watching a guy do a haircut and just standing there and talking. And, you know, so, you know, and then that was probably about 25 minutes worth. And yeah. I, I gave you an extra 15 minutes, so I probably actually owe you 10 more minutes. But you know what? 
Don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't. This we don't want to hear this because exactly. um, you know, like you know, my bosses buy me lunch. Like I, we, this is a true story. This is you're gonna blow. You, and I'm trying to put myself on a pedestal at all. My accountant told me that in the last 22 years, I've spent seventy thousand dollars in staff lunches on a Saturday. Yeah. That's a true story. We buy buy my lunch, my staff lunch every Saturday. Yeah, I buy their I love lunch. That. And I don't want to be fucking yeah, look at me, I'm a rock star. No. But when they're over time a little bit, they don't go, Frank, you know, thank you. They say thank you for lunch. I could not agree anymore. Okay. And, and and unfortunately it's 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 more the employees there's a lot more pressure on the employer than the employee employee with that. And and the, and staff just need to understand sometimes um that hey, you know what? They're probably not going to make ends meet, ends meet this week. They're probably not going to, you know, order enough stock. Sometimes when we don't make ends meet, it means that we're not ordering enough stock to cover you guys to yes. do your job. So it's not about us ends meet, not making ends meet means that we can't go to dinner Saturday night. It make, and not making ends meet means that we might be able to order that extra stock. Yeah. We won't be able to get our clippers service this week. So you might be a bit blunt. Or we can't order the clipper oil this week because we can't afford it. Yeah. So that's what making ends not neat. You know what I mean? So it's that's that's one thing I'd I'd say with for me in the future is trying to just educate. I don't want to run a school. That's your problem. Yeah, that's my you know, um, you know, I I just want to educate the, the barbers of Australia that hey, let's collaborate, let's work. There's good, there are a few awards companies businesses out there as well. I put Mucker on a pedestal because they've acknowledged everyone, yeah. not just your same people all the time. Um, now, on the flip side of that, if someone wins the award every year, it's not because they're best mates with the owners. Yeah. Of, yeah, um, perfect example, Don and um, – I've just gone blank on his lovely wife. Don, Anna. Anna, yeah. Don and Anna. They, I entered the director's awards and Don won, yeah. you know. So well deserved. Now at the end of the day, and then Anna won it this year. Well deserved because at the end of the day, there's two of them. Like my missus and I, there's two of us. We do yeah, do exactly. things. We're both directors. But my thing is, is they've won a few awards. It doesn't mean because they're best mates with with Mocha Barber or Rex or Linda. Yeah. It's because they fucking worked hard for it yeah, and exactly. they've spent the time to submit the right paperwork, absolutely, and the right prerequisites to do what you got to do to enter these awards. And that's it. That's the way it is. Like, yeah. you know, when we won these small business awards and then we were inducted the Hall of Fame, we won four in a row. Yeah. It wasn't because we knew the owners of the business awards. It was because we just kept our our level of experience, expertise, and our customer service up there. It didn't drop. Yeah, exactly. So we're not going to – well, I don't want anyone to take it that away from me. It's like, yeah, no, we we backed it up yeah. and backed it up and backed it up. We didn't have one year and that's it, you know. So that's – my thing is to educate people that – Nothing is a fluke, and nothing's not because you know people. Yeah. You know, you you work hard to know those people. You know, now we know each other, and we're going to bounce off each other one day down the track, and we're going to. You're crispy. Yeah, crispy club. Yeah. Okay, crispy club. You're going to give it to me. I've got a beer that it needs. I'm going to use it, not because it's a freebie, because I need a thing done, and if yeah. it's cool, we're going to talk about it. And you know, you might use my smash it somehow, somewhere. Yeah. That's it. It's not about bouncing, making money off each other. It's about collaborating and helping each other out. And it's a six degree separation and building this network. You know, I'm 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 big with no one likes a smart ass mm. and no one likes a bitch. Yeah. So don't be that. You know, and oh fuck, you know, he's, he they're doing well or they know the owners or no. You know, so my thing is just to educate 
barbers and just help people out. I don't want money. I don't want, yeah. if, I, if, if I've got time to help you, someone messages me and says, I think, um, actually, it was Trevor Smith. He was, you know, asking me questions on the side. Yeah. I was getting smashed. I was so busy. But you know what? There's a guy's, if a guy reaches out or a woman reaches out, there's a reason they're reaching yeah, out. Exactly. They're not like trying to take your IP address. Yeah, they're not trying to take your client, not trying to take your whole clientele, your database. I can help them. Give them a hand. Like, you know what, if it's, if it's a one-sentence reply, hey, man, can't help you today, but talk next week. Or Absolutely. give them something. It's not like you're going to give them, you're taking 100 bucks out of your pocket. Yeah. Just if they reach out, if someone reaches out, you've got to remember, they're reaching out, they're swallowing their pride. Mm. Fucking think yeah. about that first. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're swallowing their pride. Yeah. First and foremost. So before they even reach out to you, they're probably – looked at this message 500 times and dwelled on it yeah. and chucked up over it and deleted it and wrote it again and like, oh, I got fucked up, press him because he's going to think less of me. No. Yeah. So, and then ask the questions. So if you guys want to reach out to someone, what are they going to say? No, fuck off. Yeah, if they yeah. say no, fuck off, they're the biggest friends of all time. Yeah, no, you know, and I've, I've reached out to artists and celebrities and, and people, events people. Yeah. Now, these people years ago said to me, no, sorry, or fuck off, I don't, I don't know who you are. Yeah. But now, unfortunately, Frank Ciccone is, is something else now, which I fucking hate saying that. And now, you know, they're asking me to do something. It's like, well, I don't remember, I don't forget. Yeah, no, exactly. But then I'll sign my pride and say, you know what, I will help you because I know there's people that work for you that need your help and you're going to fucking over, so I'll help you to help them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not helping you. I'm helping you just to help them. Absolutely. It's, and I, and I don't want to sound like it's spiteful, but it's, if you're smart about it, there's no, you just don't burn bridges. Yeah, exactly. You know, and staff, look, you know, I've had staff fucking take me to the cleaners for little things, um, you know, and, and that's life and that's a learning curve. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you got to always remember, while, and I can say this so clearly and so openly, while the staff that worked for Hair County for the 27 years, while they were in this building working under us and for us and as a team, there was never, we were, they were never ever treated, or we were always there for their well-being first and foremost, and always treated up there. Yeah. Always, always first and foremost. Whatever they do after they leave, if they want to burn bridges or if they don't want to know you, that's fine. Yeah. Like you know, we still have staff. Like we've had staff open up salons where Helen's helped them. She put out a black book. Yeah, we've got said like we've got one in um in Echuca. We've got another one opened up in Adelaide. Um, and yeah, and we've got people still come and visit us, ex staff and ten babies that come and show us yeah. their babies, and you know. But then you've had staff that have burned bridges yeah. after they've gone, and, and that's life. Mm. You know, it's not anim- there, there was animosity, but they just get over it. But you think, but why? What what did I do wrong? You know, and they'll probably think, you know, oh yeah, you were this, you were that. But it's like this. That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like move on, don't look back. And move forward, and and yeah, people part ways, but just don't burn bridges. Yeah, it's not that hard, but um, yeah, I, I just want to. I'll be fifty this year, so you know, I think I look twenty one still, but no. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know, I just want to yeah, just yeah, so I just want to just enjoy enjoy the crowd, and and that's it, right? Oh no. We'll wrap it up. Yeah, cool. Well, turn it off.
Alright, sorry Pete, you've got to edit that without the video at the end. Um, but then also, we'll just finish up Pete, don't worry, so you can add this in. Um, so, best place to find you, Frank? Social medias? Social media, so I've got a personal is um, smash it underscore Frank. And um, my my salon is Hair by Chicone, which is a hairdressing salon with a barber um, look. Well, up here when it was the old building, it used to be a full-on barber shop up here, but now it's um, just a barber's chair in the back. Yep. Um, and yes, I'll still be part of the barbering industry and you know help and whatever. And yeah, so basically, smash it, Frank underscore Frank, and and just Frank Chicone. But yeah, but for barbers, um, barbers of Australia. Yeah. Absolutely. Facebook and Barb, it's Barbers of Australia Facebook and Barbers Australia Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah so they're fans wants to reach out on that. And yes, and, and anyone wants any advice on anything, you know, and not just the thing is, like, even if people want to ask advice on education and stuff, then I can send them your way. Yeah, exactly. You know, if people want to ask about, you know, franchising their businesses, I can send them to Don's way, yeah. you know, um, just stuff like that. So, you know, there's there's ways we can support each other. And there's products, people might say, hey, man. Have you got a nice beard oil? You know, yeah. I can say, yeah, Crispy's one. If someone says, hey man, I need a range, a small range, I can't afford whatever. Yeah, you can get smash it, or yeah. you know, so I need, I need more than one product. Well, you know, give these guys a call, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so we can support and 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 set, you know, refer. Refer referral is a big word. Yeah. You know, and and referring, you know, the right people is is, is a good thing. So yeah. Absolutely, I love it. Thank you so much, mate. I know you're a very busy person. So honestly, thank you so much. Um, and I will put all of the links to Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> whatever, in the bio. Pete's awesome at the video. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Just so, make sure I look good, mate. I know, Pete. We need filter. No double chains. We want to Mate, thank you. And it's an honor. And like, you know, look, I understand, like, you know, being part of the industry and being recognized by people, yeah. you reaching out to me is a big deal for me. Like, that's, that's another notch for me in my career. You know, which has been a not bad one so far. Okay. Still going. Your pardon the pun, smash. <laughs> so, uh, how many times has that been? Smash, smash it up, mate. Smashing it. Legend. Thanks, bro. See you guys. Culture that's gorgeous, Skywalker, that force is quite strong that I'm born with. Fuck a goof.